أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن يعمل سوء أو يظلم نفسه ثم يستغفر الله يجد الله غفور الرحيم صدق الله العظيم سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having guided us to iman and we praise him and we give him thanks for without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's bounties we would not have been guided and we could not have achieved anything on our own and we send peace and blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and upon his family and his wives and his progeny and his companions and all those that followed them in their ways Jazakumullah khairan everyone for coming to the Mihrab Foundation Sacred Knowledge class on the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by Imam Ghazali rahimahullah Now this week, uh, because we have to move a little bit faster, we're going to be covering a few names and we're going a little bit out of order today So Ghaffar is the next name which comes in this list of names but because a few names after that is Ghafoor We're gonna, it's easier to speak about both of them at the same time rather than going back to Ghafoor later on and uh, having repetition. And then we can explain the difference between them also. But this is such a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you look into the books that speak about the different names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ghafar is a name that they go on for pages and pages oftentimes about this one specific attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is an important attribute and I wish we had time to go deeper into this specific name and give so many different examples because this is something that gives us hope, this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something we need, right? Especially in our approach to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how we go about the deen. And when we think about our shortcomings, to just give us that hope, it allows us to remain positive. But unfortunately, time doesn't permit to go into so much detail. Now the word Ghaffar and Ghafur, we've spoken before, I would have drawn on the board, but it's chalkboard now, so. Um, the word, Arabic generally has root letters, and every variation or word comes from root letters. So Ghaffar and Ghafur, these are coming from which root letters? Ghayn, Fa, and Ra. Right, so any other word that relates to this comes from these root letters. So you have Right, Ghafrun uh, or Ghafran, this is the root, the root word. Ghafar uh, comes from this, Ghafur comes from this, Yaghfir, uh, Istighfar, all of these things come from these root words, this, these root letters. And the root word, it means to veil something. So Ghafar means the veiling of something taking place. This tells us, in relation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, number one, Imam Ghazali rahimullah, he mentions, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala veils that which is ugly, or He veils that which uh, we do not like to see and do not like to look at. So He first speaks about the body, that what is veiled is our insides are veiled, right? In a very, like, not in a spiritual sense, but our, our bones and our organs and our tissues, these types of things. Imagine if all of us walked around without our skin. How would it look, right? Yeah, we'd be used to it, okay? But... Typically, it's not something, just like when, when we're opened up for surgery, a lot of people can't take it, right? They don't like to, they can't look at the body in that state because it, it, brings, um, it brings a type of depression to them, right? And it's frightening for some people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He hides this and He veils this with our skin, with something that is beautiful. 
But then, more specifically how it applies, is the veiling of our sins. And our sins are something that are ugly. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He veils our sins. Now there's three aspects and three names. Now these three names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not all of them are mentioned in this list of 99. Two of them are. Number one is ghafir. Right, so ghafir. Ghain, alif, fa'ra. And this means the forgiver. And this is an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, this name does not, is not mentioned as part of the 99. Then you have ghafur. Ghafur is, an, is one of the names that's mentioned a little bit down the list. And this means the all-forgiving. Then you have ghaffar. And this is the one full of forgiveness. So what are these? How, can we understand? Do we know what the difference between these names are? Does anybody have an idea? I guess that's why we're here, right? To know what, what the difference is. Well, but anybody take a shot. Ghafir, Ghafur, and Ghafar. What could be the difference between these three names? Anyone? What does Ghafar mean? Ghafar is uh, the one full of forgiveness. And Ghafur is the all-forgiving. Anyone? Take a shot at it. Yeah. So Ghafar is a state of being and Ghafur is in action? Not, not exactly. Ghafir would, would indicate an action taking place, right? Because of the scale that it comes on in Arabic, right? Called an ismul fa'il, the doer, right? So this, that would be, would be the one that indicates a type of action taking place, but that's not, that's not quite the difference. Ghafir indicates the basis of forgiveness only. So somebody does a wrong, Ghafir is that you forgive that one thing, right? You forgive that one action. So it is... Simply put, just the forgiver, the forgiveness, the basis or the concept of the general concept of forgiving, right? That's ghafir. Ghafur indicates multiple forgivenesses. So multiple forgivenesses in relation to many different uh, types of offenses, right? So you have different types of offenses with different sins that we can do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being ghafir is that he forgives us for a sin we might commit. And ghafur means that so many different types of sins we might commit, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives us for those types of sins. So then what is ghafar? Right? Number one, ghafar, the way this, the scale, the, the Arabic scale that this word comes on, uh, is superlative. Right? And we've discussed this so many times before, that all these different names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oftentimes we find them in a superlative form, meaning an emphasis type of form, right? an extreme, an exaggerated form of the word itself. So ghafar is it takes that concept of ghafur, but it, it exaggerates it. Meaning, ghafur is for multiple types of offenses. Ghafar is for multiple offenses, multiple types of offenses committed multiple times. Meaning the same types of offenses and sins you do over and over again. And then all of those different things you could do, you, com- you continuously do them again, right? So most of us, we don't commit a single sin, Right? And we don't commit a single type of sin. Most of us are doing multiple things. Right? We backbite regularly. Right? So that's one vice. That's one type of sin. And we do it multiple times. Right? Some of us, right, we slander or we lie or whatever else other sins we might do. We do them on, we do them multiple times. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these names, inculcate, it, it covers every aspect of forgiveness. That no matter how you sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can forgive it. Right? No matter how you sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can forgive it. Now, we know that despite how merciful and how forgiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, there's just that one sin that He has said He will not forgive. And that is? Shirk. shirk right? However, you could argue that, well, if somebody makes tawbah from shirk, then He forgives that also. 
right? Somebody stops committing shirk, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no longer holds you accountable for that shirk, right? But this is, and this is a restriction Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put upon himself, right? So Ghafar indicates forgiving multiple things, multiple times. Thus, the one who forgives the first time, but he does not forgive uh, repeatedly, right? He does not, uh, a person who forgives the first time an offense is committed, but he does not forgive if that offense is committed multiple times, cannot say that they have been ghafar. They cannot have taken a share of this term, this word, this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ghafar. And similarly for ghafur, somebody who forgives only one type of offense, you cannot say that they have taken a share of this attribute of ghafur. Does that make sense? Understood? Should I repeat any of it? You look confused. Yeah, I'm a little confused. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this would have been a good one to write. There's no chalk. Maybe we can. I don't, I don't think I've been in chalk for like 20 years or something. So you have... Ghafur, right? And you have... Ghafar. Right? This is more exaggerated than this, right? Ghafar is more exaggerated of a term or attribute than Ghafur. Ghafur is, it indicates the type of forgiveness where you forgive, um, what is it? You forgive uh, many different offenses, right? You forgive many different offenses. Whereas Ghafar indicates many different offenses multiple times. So Ghafar is for the, the types of offenses committed. Right? Whereas this is the types of offenses multiple times, like different, different types of offenses, all of them committed multiple times. Or any one of them committed multiple times. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay, now you got it? Right, so that's, that's the difference. Now that encompasses whatever aspect, however we might sin, it encompasses everything. Right? And this is how, and it's interesting that you find the scholars able to go into so much detail regarding these names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, more detail than the other names. This shows us how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah and his mercy supersedes everything else. His rahmah is, as he has said, that his rahmah precedes his wrath, right? Because ghafar, the act, the, the concept of forgiveness uh, is related and connected to rahmah, connected to mercy, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the fact, this is a mercy of his that he forgives us for so many different things. Because what do we do, right? A person commits, they lie to us once. Okay, we forgive them, we excuse them. They lie to us a second time, we excuse them. The third time they lie to us, we lose all trust in them and we stop forgiving them also, right? Somebody, you know, acts indecently with us, we might excuse them one time, twice, three times. Usually we don't, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, over and over and over again, He continues. He continues forgiving. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, in Surah Nisa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوَىٰ That whoever does evil, O yadlim nafsa, or whoever wrongs himself, then he seeks forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yajidillaha ghafura rahima. Then he will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be most he will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be most forgiving, most merciful. Again, we find it connected. Ghafur connected with Rahim. And I mean to count the number of times Ghafur comes in the Quran is yeah, it's, you can count it, but like it's so many times that it's to mention all of them, we wouldn't be able to do so in this class period, right? And oftentimes we find it linked with Ghafur and Rahim, Ghafur and Rahim coming together. Then the ulama mentioned that a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he 
what a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he brings three um, characteristics into himself as a result of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a slave disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings three qualities into himself, or could bring one of three qualities into himself. Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, فَمِنْهُمْ ظَالِمٌ لِنَفْسِي That whoever wrongs himself. This tells us, so what, what is this characteristic? They are branches of the characteristic of dhulm, of oppression, right? Darkness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever wrongs himself, meaning that when we wrong ourselves, when we do so, when we commit a sin, what have we done? We have become zalim, we have oppressed our own selves. So one way of disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one characteristic is zalim, meaning when we wrong ourselves, what we have become is zalim. Number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّهُ كَانَ ظَلُومًا جَهُولًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed, insan is most unjust and most ignorant. Right? This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. So, we have zalim and we have zalum. Right? So we can, for example, we have ghafil and you have zalim. Right? So when we wrong ourselves, we are unjust to ourselves, we have become zalim. Then, when we are unjust, when we are unjust to others, Right? Or regarding the rights of others or other things, then what happens? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we are Valum. Right? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions um, in Surah Al Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about those people who transgress the rights of Allah. They transgress against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he speaks about, you know, uh, what's it called? That he presented the world and dominion of this to the mountains and to the heavens and to the earth. He presented dominion to all of these different cre creations of his and they all rejected. The mountains, everyone rejected, said, no, we don't want any, we don't want anything to do with dominion, right? Some of the ulama said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offered free will to these things, to the heavens and the mountains and whatnot. And every, all of creation rejected this except for insan, right? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that after, Allah, after he guided us, after he gave us the correct word, after he gave us you know, prophets and the books and all these things, then what did we do? We transgressed against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when he takes his right for that transgression, then he says about himself that he will not be vallam. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not be vallam, right? So this tells us, this tells us that when we transgress the rights of Allah, we have become vallam. So it's as though, the ulama say, it's as though that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, look, when you disobey me, when you do something you should not be doing, one of these three things comes into you. Zalim, Valum, and Zalam. So you are Zalim and I am Ghafir. That I will forgive you when you, uh, when you transgress yourself. When you are Valum, then I am Ghafur. That you do these things over and over again, right? Or you do these uh, different types of injustices, I am Ghafur and I will I forgive those things and when you commit so many different things so many times and you are unjust to everything and you transgress my rights, you are Dhalam and I am Ghafar. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is simply countering anything that we might do, right? Any wrong or harm or sin we might commit, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is countering that out of His mercy for us. So Imam Ghazali rahimullah, he then goes on and he mentions, he says that whoever backbites, whoever, you know, like watches spies on people, right, whoever uh, slanders, 
they effect vengeance with vengeance. They, they beget evil with evil, right? So someone does something wrong to you, and then you go and you do something wrong to them, right? To take your, to take your right back. Then what he has done is he has isolated himself from the light of this great name of Ghaffar. That, what does this mean? What does this mean? Any ideas? Yeah. It means you're not being forgiving, forgiving, right? You're not being, you're not uh, excusing other people. But what he's saying is that our when we do forgive people, when we forego our rights, if somebody wrongs us, and we excuse them from it, forgive them from it, right? And especially we don't. Usually, what happens is we don't even try to take our rights back in the same fashion. You know, that is, we are rightful for it. But what happens is we go up and above that. We go beyond that, right? So there's a story, uh, Umar radiallahu Abu Bakr radiallahu The two of them had a disagreement about something. So Abu Bakr, he says radiallahu he says something to Umar radiallahu right? He says something sort of, you know, insulting, right? He says something that in a state of dispute, you say something, right? And immediately he realizes that, no, I, you know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. So he tells Umar radiallahu he says, say something back to me. I want you to take your right back from me because it's better in this world than in the akhirah. So you say something to me. And Umar radiallahu he says to him, he says, no, I won't say anything. So what happens? Abu Bakr said something to Umar radiallahu He wanted Umar radiallahu to say something equal back to Abu Bakr, to himself, so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would counter these things and say, okay, you took your right back. But usually what do we do? Somebody does one wrong thing to us and we, you know, they might say something about us. It might not even be slandering us. But what happens? People go on Facebook and they blast their wall with, you know, this individual that, you know, this person does this and this and this. And we go to town on them, right? Every person we meet will speak to them and say, oh, you should, you know, stay away from this person because he did this thing and he did that thing. And it's not even a, a, a reason to necessarily stay away from this individual, but it's just because we are trying to take our vengeance back on an individual, right? And oftentimes we even find this when we are not wronged. Somebody might say something, you know, for example, you'll find two people getting married or thinking about getting married. So one of them asks a third party, says, you know, what do you think of this individual? I'm uh, considering them for marriage. And the third party they ask, they say, you know what, I don't think this person is right for you. Now, in a state when someone is asking you, can do you think it's a good idea I marry this individual? If you know something bad about that person, you are allowed to divulge it to the individual who is seeking the answer from you. Because this is a matter of their marriage, right? Their life could be ruined with this. So you tell them that, you know, this individual, they're not, you know, for example, they're not a very pious person. You know, they, they do a lot of things. If you're looking for, for a person of piety and you say, no, they're not really a pious person. You know, like somebody might say, um, I want somebody, I want to marry somebody who is strong in deen. What do you think of this individual? You say, no, that person, you know, they don't really pray that much and they're not really, they don't really show these signs of piety. The individual who you said this about will get angry sometimes. And then what happens? They start spreading all types of rumors about the third party. Has anybody experienced this? No? That's good, inshallah. But I've experienced it, right? <laughs> right? People will, they'll go, they'll, they're, they're not even taking their right back from an individual. They're going up and above for something that they're not rightful for. But Imam Ghazali, he speaks about those individuals who do, who can take their right back, who are rightful of taking their right back, right? Or those individuals who just evilness has been done to them, but they don't, if they forgo it, they forgo taking their haq back from an individual who has wronged them. Then what happens is this nur and this light, which 
comes, uh, which emanates from the attribute of ghafar, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can bathe ourselves in it, right? We can perfume ourselves with it. However, if we beget evil with evil, then we have not, we have not, we cannot take a part in this. We cannot fragrance ourselves with this attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as ghafar. I'm not saying that if you, uh, I'm not saying that if you, take your right back from somebody, that that's wrong of you, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us that, that haq, you know what I mean? But there's a method to do it, and we have to, it's better to always excuse an individual because usually we will transgress their rights. We will go too far in trying to take our rights back, right? We'll break there, we'll make maghrib inshallah, and then we'll pick up. Right, so, bismillah, we were saying... We're speaking about the, mercy, the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? How it transcends so much because of His mercy. Right? And a point about mercy is we have to understand, we have to reiterate that because oftentimes as Muslims we get um, sort of pinpointed that, oh, you guys speak about all you do. We, we get this from non-Muslims, we get this from Muslims alike that you guys just speak about you know, punishment and wrath and all that stuff. And yes, those concepts are there, right? And they come very often. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also shadidul iqab, right? That He's swift to take, He's severe in His punishment. However, the reason that these things are mentioned is because we have to have that balance, right? And we speak so much about forgiveness, and we have to speak about forgiveness because this is such an uh, overwhelming attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, sometimes what happens is we start thinking of some people have gone as far as saying that, you know, I think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will just, His mercy is so much, He'll just forgive everyone for everything, no matter what they've done or what religion or what, whatever it is. And that is incorrect. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has restricted Himself from that. Right? He Himself has put that boundary that, no, for like shirk, for example, that this is unforgivable, right? But Imam Ghazali, rahimullah, back to the topic, he's speaking about the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he mentions three more nuances that we can get from these three names that we've mentioned, Ghafir, Ghafur, and Ghafar. So what did we say? That Ghafir meant the veiler, right? Ghafar comes from, the, the root meaning is veil, to veil something. So Ghafir is, Imam Ghazali says, another nuance of this, this name is that he is the veiler of our faults from the eyes of other people. So that when we sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hides these faults, right? How many sins is it that if we were to do them and, and the people, if the people knew about them, they wouldn't even come near us, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conceals those thoughts that we have. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conceals our very actions. And we mentioned before also that Umar radiallahu anhu, he said that if somebody is caught doing an, an, an action, if they're caught doing some, some sin, then it is the fact that they have been caught doing it is proof that this is not the first time they did it. Because when he caught an individual doing a sin, then what happened? We mentioned this before too. The individual said to Umar radiallahu that this is the first time I, I'm doing this, so let me off the hook. He said, no, no, it's not the first time because I caught you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is so forgiving and so merciful and He veils so much that he would, never, he would never expose you to the people the first time you do a wrong. Never. Right? So Imam Ghazali rahimullah says that Ghafir is the veiler of our faults from the eyes of other people. Ghafur, a nuance of this name is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he keeps the knowledge of our faults even from the angels. So think about this. We commit a sin, the angels write it down. And they have a memory, they remember it also. So my teacher used to say that when you make tawbah from a sin, right, what happens? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this attribute of ghafoor was not there, 
then it could be so, you know, he's, I mean, in sort of a light matter, he's saying, it could be so that the angels would see you in paradise and say, no, this guy, you know, he's here, but I know what he used to do, <laughs> right? He says, but when you make tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so forgiving that he wipes it from the book of deeds the angels have recorded for you, and he even wipes it from their memories. That even the angels don't remember the sins that we've done just by us making tawbah. And then ghaffar is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he brings relief to us that we even forget our sins. Not that we've done them and forgotten about them, but that when we've made tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ghaffar is truly there when he removes it from even our memory. And this doesn't necessarily mean that it's completely gone, that we'll never remember it, right? And so that we think, uh, it's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that if we do remember it, it means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not forgiven us. No, but it means that if we were to recognize how heinous of a thing we have done, how, how horrible of an action it was, then it, would have, it should have brought misery to us that Allah Ta'ala is going to take me to account for this. He's going to, he could punish me for this. Right? And there are some sins you do them and they're so bad that you constantly think back to them. And you think, man, I don't know if Allah Ta'ala has forgiven me for this. But that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala is ghaffar, He forgives you. The fact, the ulama say that the fact that Allah Ta'ala even gave you tawfiq to ask for forgiveness is a sign that He has already forgiven you. And you commit it again and He forgives you again. You commit it again, continuously you ask for tawbah and Allah Ta'ala continuously forgives you. But he brings it to the point through his attribute of ghaffar that so much of our life will go and we won't remember that sin. Yeah, maybe occasionally Allah Ta'ala will bring it back into our mind. But it is only so that we can seek tawbah for it again. Even though we did not commit it, right? One is that you commit a sin multiple times and you make tawbah for it multiple times. The other, which is even more beloved to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, is those who continuously seek forgiveness for a sin they've already sought forgiveness from. That he loves that. And this is a high station that is mentioned. This is the station of the awliya. That they committed a sin just once. But that they, they continuously ask forgiveness for that sin again. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in order to protect us from our own depression and misery, He makes us forgetful of that sin. And then, yeah, maybe once in a while we're reminded of it. So that only He can raise our maqam. And then we can show thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He took us out of having that misery. Right? Does all that make sense? Yeah? Then regarding this, the ulama say that this aspect is, it inculcates that verse of Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah yuhibbut tawabin. That indeed Allah ta'ala, He loves those who are oft repentant. Tawabin, it comes from the word tawbah, right? So it doesn't only mean an individual who makes tawbah once, but tawabin, they continuously ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. That He loves this, he loves this aspect of, uh, of us. He loves these actions for us. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He mentions in a hadith, that what is, what is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Like how beloved is the act of tawbah? How beloved is it? Who knows? What is a, a, a way that we can understand an example that how beloved is this act of tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Rasulullah mentions that if there is a man and he's walking through a barren desert, no water, no oasis, nothing, just barren, he has all the food that he might have, he has on his camel, and all the water he might have, and all his belongings, all his wealth, everything is on this one camel. And he's walking, there's no other person around, nor is there any uh, relief around, no town around, just lost in the middle of the desert. And the person turns around, his camel bolts. How, how much depression are we going to go through? Like, everything you had is gone. <laughs> everything, imagine, everything is gone. And there's nobody you can even turn to. You don't know where the, where the next person is, how many miles they might be away from you. That who knows, you just... What happens first? 
you start running maybe over the sand dunes and you start looking for your belongings for your camel. But then you even go beyond that stage and you become hopeless. You think, man, now I'm just not going to find anything. And then you sit down and you're laying there and you're, you're, basically, you're basically a dead man. You don't think there's any, you know, you're going to survive this. And then all of a sudden you turn around and your camel is back. And that person becomes so ecstatic, so happy. He gives thanks to Allah, but he says, Oh Allah, you are my slave and I am your Rabb. That so much thanks I'm giving to you that because you are my slave and I am your Lord. That the ulama say that he says this out of excitement, ecstasy, right? That he doesn't know what he was, what he was saying. So he accidentally says that Allah, you are my... So much happiness comes over him that he says, Oh Allah, you are my slave. This is akin to shirk, right? This is kufr, <laughs> right? But in that moment, he's excused from this because he didn't really mean it. He said it out of so much joy and excitement. So what they're saying is he had so much ecstasy that he uttered these words that he would never think to utter. That much happiness that befalls a person in that state, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves our tawbah even more than that. That is how beloved this act of tawbah is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Imam Ghazali, rahimullah, he mentions in his you know, conclusion of these, these names, he says that all created things, they have a perfection and imperfection. Everything has perfection and imperfection, all created things. Everything has a beauty to it and an ugliness to it. So whoever overlooks and does not mention the negatives of other people, but rather they find the beauty and the positives in other people and other things, those are the people who have taken a share of this name. So we don't see the negative, we see the positive. And he gives an example that there's a story of Isa salam, that he was walking with his with his followers, and they came across a, a dog that was dead, right? It was stinking, and there was so much stench because it was a dead dog, right? Rotting away. And his followers, they said that, oh, you know, look at this wretched, stinking dog. But Isa al-Islam looks at it, and he says, but it has such beautiful teeth, right? So Imam Ghazali says, look, even in that state when it was so, you know, wretched, and so uh, uh, putrid that he, the people could not even stand its smell to get close to it, still Isa Islam, he found that one thing that was still beautiful about it, that this is how we should be, that we should always find the positive, we should always find the beauty in every situation. It is said that we shouldn't, uh, right, in a hadith of Rasulullah he says that whoever conceals the faults of another Muslim, whoever conceals the faults of others in this world, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, he's going to arrive in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he knows, like, okay, the accountability is coming. Judgment is coming. We know what sins we've done. We know there's no hiding it. Our, our arms and limbs and hands and tongue, everything is speaking against us, right? Or rather, our mouth is shut and all our limbs are testifying against us. But that individual who hid the faults of others in this world, at that time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put a curtain and a, and a barrier around this individual from all of the rest of creation, and tell him that today, because in the world you conceal the faults of others, today I am concealing your faults. And he will give him his book of deeds, of only his righteous deeds. And this person will then go to Jannah. So despite all the wrong that we might have done in this world, because we did not expose the faults of others, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not expose our faults on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And then the ulama, they, they mention a narration of Ali radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, where, where he said, that there's 325,078 letters in the Qur'an. He said, Had there been no sign of any glad tidings for the Ummah of Rasulullah except the Ya in Ibadi. So this means, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ibadi, Ibad is slaves. And when that Ya comes at the end of it, 
it's a way of denoting possess, possession, meaning Allah Ta'ala is saying, my slaves, right? So he's saying that the slave and myself, right? That these are my slaves. He says that, Ali radiallahu says that if there was no glad tidings for the Ummah of Rasulullah except for that ya that comes at the end of ibadi, then that would have sufficed them. That would have sufficed the whole Ummah of Rasulullah Why? How does that, what does he mean by this? He says that just as there's no separation from the dal in ibad and the ya for ibadi, likewise there's no separating, there's no separating wall between the believer who disobeys Allah and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That that's how closely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness follows our shortcomings. All we have to do is intend to seek forgiveness. We just have to raise our hands once. Don't even raise your hands. Just ask for forgiveness. Oh Allah, forgive me. Right? This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I wanted to go on to Qahar, but we're, we have five minutes left. So, inshallah, next week. Unless maybe we might not finish by the end of the year, and then we'll have to go on to next year. Is everyone okay with that? <laughs> inshallah. Any questions? No questions? Anything that was confusing or should I draw out Ibadi on the board? <laughs> no? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So inshallah we'll continue with Qahar. Qahar is not a very long one, so we'll, inshallah we'll get a few done. We did get two done today, so. Allahumma anta salam anka salam tabarakti adal jalali wal ikram Sami'na wa ata'ana ghufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir Allahumma ghfir lana dhunubana wa tahir qulubana wa hasim farujana Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata ayun Waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama Ya Allah forgive us for our sins Ya Allah you are most forgiving, most merciful Ya Allah you are ghafoorul rahim Ya Allah we sin and we sin again and again We sin in the day and in public Ya Allah we sin privately in the night Ya Allah Ya Allah we sin openly and we sin secretly Ya Allah you forgive us of our sins. Ya Allah, do not humiliate us, but Ya Allah, forgive us of our sins and grant us the tawfiq that we refrain from these sins, Ya Allah. Grant us taqwa, Ya Allah. Grant us a life of living. Grant us the ability to live a life of taqwa and tahara, Ya Allah. Grant us a life of purity, Ya Allah. Make us as you would want to see us. Make us so that you could boast to your angels about us, Ya Allah. Let us be such that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam takes pleasure in having us a part of his ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let us not bring any any pain to the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as a result of our actions, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your awliya, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us from the salihin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us from the muttaqeen and the tawabin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us of our sins, Ya Allah. All those that are sick throughout the world, Ya Allah, forgive them and remove their difficulties and cure them of their sicknesses. Ya Allah, all those that are in need, grant them their grant them their pure and righteous needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we beg of you and ask you for all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked you for. And we seek refuge in you from all the all the all the evil that Rasulullah Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge in you from. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sta'adha minhu nabiyuka Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa anta al-musta'ana alayka al-balaq wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyy al-azim subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Sakamullah khayrin.